What's going on? Welcome to Life's a Trip podcast. I'm Dave. And I am Chase. And uh, on this podcast, we explore all kinds of stuff, all the, the weird and winding individual paths that we all walk in life. Uh, our conversations range from mindfulness and relationships. All the way to psychedelic spirituality, and a whole bunch of weird, crazy, fun stuff. Yeah, and uh, we just we look at basically what it means to be anything at all. Or not. Or not. <laughs> Thank you for joining us, and I hope that you enjoy. Love you guys. See you on the other side. Peace. What's up, family and friends? This is Dave, and this is episode 14 of Life's a Trip podcast. Today, Chase and I had an incredible talk with our friend Kelly Applegate. Uh, throughout the talk, we jumped into topics such as the stigma of therapy and how we can remedy that and start moving into a place of healing. We went over her experience of growing up in a challenging background of Baltimore. We also talked about the healing that she's going through and that she continues to go through here in Asheville and in her life and what the, the role of this community that we're a part of has played in that. And we also talked about her following her heart into the unknown and, and taking risks and how much that has paid off over the last number of years. So this has been a, a, an incredible conversation. I, I really deeply enjoyed it, and I can't wait to hear what you think about it. So without further ado, episode 14 of Life's a Trip podcast. Enjoy. Episode 14, kicking off with the amazing Kelly Applegate, and of course, I am Chase, sitting here with Dave. How are you today, Kelly? Um, I'm all right. Having myself a cup of tea with my buddies. Um, feeling good to be here. Hell yeah. A cup right. of tea. A little cup of tea. <laughs> it's hot. <laughs> and Dave, how about you? How are you today, man? I'm good, man. This is my day off. Life's been real full lately, so having a, an entire day off is... Feels nice. Very cool. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of different topics we're going to be jumping into today. Um, and I'm actually really excited as I was talking to Dave this morning about the things that you guys had spoke about, what you kind of wanted to uh, bring up in discussion today. And uh, let's just go ahead and get kind of kicked off. What is something that you really wanted to bring to the table today? Yeah. So, a, a overarching topic that I wanted to talk about was the stigma that. Um, seeing a therapist or going to counseling or seeking help is in some way um, means that you're crazy or insane or admitting defeat, but in a negative manner. Because um, in some ways it is admitting defeat, but in a way that you're like, hey, I can't do this by myself. Um, I'm going to, you know, it takes it takes a a strong person to admit that. Um, and then move forward. But I think the generations before us um, don't see it that way. A lot of times everything is seen to be just smoothed over and kind of brushed under the rug and, you know, just put a smile on and, and move throughout your day in that way. Um, and, yeah, I think that there's a lot of value to admitting, like, hey, I think I really need some help instead of, just letting it go and, and continuing to get hit by the waves of it. Absolutely. You know, I think personally, like 
for people that don't have a lot of friends, someone that doesn't have a spouse, you know, people that, that may not have the connection all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and also think that, you know, counseling is, you know, for the week or this, that or another is completely false and that it really does give you an outlet to talk to somebody. And I think that's extremely powerful. I know that I am looking into counseling uh, now that I'm officially kind of moved in down here now. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be a really, really good thing for me because there's some things you cannot talk to your friends about or don't want to talk to your friends about, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a cool space. I, I just went to meet with a potential counselor a few weeks ago and it didn't work out because of my insurance yeah, I'm not going to be able to connect with her, but um, the potential that I, I experienced in that initial conversation felt so good. I was like, oh man, like the possibilities of like having this space that I come to on a weekly or bi-weekly or once a month basis to come and, and specifically talk to this person about that. Mm-hmm. There's freedom in that because it's like, yes, you can talk about these painful things or, or tender things with friends. But then you carry, that carries over into the rest of your life. And so like having just one person that you go to and you're paying them to just let, let you just get it all out. Mm-hmm. It's a different dynamic than if I'm like, yo, Chase, Kelly, can we go talk about this? Like that's, it, we have a more complex, a complex relationship. Whereas a, a therapist, it's like, that is it. You're going there to talk about your shit. Absolutely. And, and friends can be more just validating than anything else instead of really... You know, always telling you the things that you're you need to hear mm-hmm. about a situation, or you know, looking at things from a perspective of how the human brain works. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that learning about how the human brain works in a lot of situations takes the shame away mm-hmm. and can make you realize, like, wait, other people are feeling this way too. I'm not. I'm not just by myself in this. Mm-hmm. That's a really good point to think about it. Like, why? If you have the the bestest of friends and you're like, oh, I have people, your friends aren't necessarily trained in how the human brain works or how to discuss that topic with somebody that's having issues. Like when I, when I heard you say that, I was like, if you're having an issue and your friends are constantly like, it's okay, it's okay, deal with it this way or that way, that's the way that they perceive you should deal with it, mm-hmm. not the way that your brain is actually functioning to where you may need to, you know, switch things around in your life and, and then reassess it. And I think that a psychologist is definitely more upon the healing path than maybe a friend would be. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah, that's a really good point. Do you want to share some of your experiences so far with therapy? I mean, I've sure. known you for coming up on, I think, three years, maybe a little bit longer. Yeah. Uh, and it's been fucking incredible to watch how much you've grown since I've met you and just, like, <laughs> how much healing you've gone through. Just your your way of being, you seem so much more grounded and calm and capable of handling whatever comes your way, which mm-hmm. has been awesome. So I'd love to hear a little bit about your experience of being in therapy if you feel comfortable talking about it. Yeah, thank you. Um, so it all kind of started right around when I had met you. Uh, it was my Saturn return. I was 27. And I just was stuck. I was like, trying to do all of this self-work and I had so much anxiety and depression and build up and wasn't understanding why I couldn't figure it out on my own and um, was doing a lot of self-medicating with alcohol and drug use and um, I finally one day I'll never forget this day came to a, a standstill point where I got home from a night of partying and I just 
laid there and cried for like hours. And I just was like not understanding and feeling so lost and confused. And I woke up the next morning and everything was clear. And I was like, okay, I can't do this by myself. You know, Mm -hmm. I've been sitting in my room for long enough trying to do artwork and read and, and do this all on my own. And it's clear that I can't and that I need somebody else to help me out. And ever since I made that decision, it's been like insane, like a whirlwind of good coming my way. And it's been really hard too, because it brought up a lot of the things that I was suppressing that I didn't even realize I was. And I think that that goes back to also the, the stigma of therapy and, and, you know, generations before us thinking that we need to just put a smile on and move forward and act like everything's fine. And that had kind of become my part of my personality. I was just like, oh, let's laugh. Let's have fun and push it down and not address the fact that I'm upset or that something's really bothering me or. And then once I started going to therapy, I was like, oh, so so much of my life has been upset and and, you know, trauma and really hard stuff and I wasn't addressing it at all so I just was like why am I sad this doesn't make sense and then I was like oh (laughs) all of these things that have gone you know happened in my life and yeah it's been really amazing to hold space for healing and hold space for the trauma that's passed and try and move forward in a way that all of those pieces of my life are honored and um, yeah, I'm able to like feel into each one and yeah, get some outside perspective on it. It's been amazing. And yeah, every, every day I'm, I've, I'm happier. Um, I feel like more capable and it's it, every day it gets better. It gets worse before it gets better for sure. Well, that's <laughs> but that's just like anything. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, now I feel like I'm in a space where I'm like, wow, I, I even feel like I can help other people on, on this healing process, which was not something I don't think I think I was capable of before. So mm-hmm. it's been, it's been pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Well, you just got back from a trip back home to Baltimore. Yeah. Yeah. For some kind of intense, uh, intense work. Mm-hmm. Want to talk about that? Sure, yeah. So I'm originally from Baltimore City. Uh, I grew up there. And um, I might just get into a little bit of family history, just yeah. some, some groundwork. Right. Um, so I grew up with my mother, father, and my sister, and my brother, who's special needs. And I grew up in a situation where there was a lot of abuse um, towards my mother and all of us, both, um, verbally and physically. And there was adultery in the home and just a lot of chaos. And so eventually, thankfully, when I was 12 years old, my mother ended up leaving my father and moving to a house in the County where she, she has lived ever since then. And over the years of her trying to deal with what had happened and not, not really, she'd seek, she had gone to therapy maybe once when they were together and he found out it was this whole thing, mm. but, uh, and he, she got in trouble for going to therapy. Wow. Yeah. And he, what, a, what a message for you to receive that like, oh shit, like she, 
we're not supposed to. We get in trouble if. Oh, absolutely. There was a yeah, a lot of um, oppression when it came right. to. My father still thinks that he's a good person who uh, <laughs> who has never done anything wrong and was an excellent father and an excellent person and all of the above. He's a very. I think that he has to keep that face in order to you know sleep at night and function because if he really sat with the things that he's done in his life i don't i'm not sure yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's like, not that's not your you don't need to worry about that that's exactly not, that's not your work yeah exactly <laughs> out yeah thank, <laughs> I don't god. Know. thank god yeah <laughs> i can only handle so much <laughs> i think i'll stick with just this this mm-hmm. body thank you um but anyways, yeah, so my, my mom had separated from my father and moved to her house in the county, Baltimore County. And um, after a few years, uh, my grandmother, my Grammy, had passed away, who she was very close with. And I think that that was a little bit of the beginning of her starting to really um, bottle the things up that were hurting her and when she started collecting objects and things and books of my grandmother's and boxes and boxes of books of my grandmother's and all of these things and so this past week I went to Baltimore because my brother who's special needs um just moved out of my mom's house for the first time and is now going to be in full-time care. He's an adult. He's an adult. He's 27 years old. He's about to turn 28. And he just moved into an apartment with two other men around his age who have similar diagnosis, which is so exciting for him because he's never lived out on his own before. So like now so he's got... Thing it's him. amazing for him. It's, his, it's a new space and like he's going to get to... I think we're going to see a lot of growth in him yeah. after this. Um, but it's been really hard on my mom because she's taken, she's been this amazing person who's taken care of him his whole life, full time, a person that has a, he's special needs and has the mental capacity of maybe a one and a half year old. Oh wow. So he's very extreme on the spectrum. Mm -hmm. Um, so he needs to be changed and bathed and fed and all of these things. It's a, it's a full time job on top of her full time job. (laughs) So now that he is gone, it's, it's, she's kind of hurting in a way where she's like, where, you know, where am I needed? Yeah. Her identity is shifting. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I wanted to go there and kind of help her ease into life being about her. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted her to be aware, like, Hey, like, this is an amazing thing for you. You get to live your life for the first time by yourself. Like it. Since you were, what, 20, right. if that. Yeah. There's definitely you know? an extreme positive to Yeah, exactly. So I, I really wanted to get her excited about that. But the thing is, is that when I got there, her, her house is, um, I don't know. It's a, I, I described it earlier as more demolition and, um, and a job site. <laughs> than uh, wow. than something that could be like cleaned up. Can you? Or are you open to sh- like painting kind of a visual picture? Yeah. Like so when you, when you pull up, what is it? Like, what is it like? So you can't breathe <laughs> um, when you walk in. Yeah, I think that that might be part of why I ended up 
multiple reasons why I ended up sick. It was the travel and, and, um, yeah, not being able to breathe in the space. Emotional intensity. Um, emotional intensity. And that's what actually my counselor mentioned earlier in Chinese medicine. They say that like that buildup of something, mm-hmm. you know, em- emotions or whatever it might be. Um, you're pretty much going to get sick because your work, your body is also working through the right. things that, that have happened. Um, so yeah, when you walk in, it's the smell of cigarettes and dog piss and shit. And excuse my language. <laughs> and but yeah, it's it smells like dog piss and shit and cigarette smoke and there's um she has ammonia floorboards in the basement, so it smells like just it smells toxic. Yeah. Like you shouldn't be yeah. there. And so I was really upset because I was like, Mom, like we we got to fix this. Like, please, can we, how, because she not only lives there, but now she works from home there. Mm-hmm. So she's there all the time. And I was like, can we please make this a livable, comfortable space, loving space for you? Mm-hmm. Because this is not any good. <laughs> and you, um, you kind of knew that this was the situation. I knew, I knew, I knew, yes, I knew that, To I knew some, but I didn't know the extent that it had gotten over the years. Mm-hmm. It had been a while since you've been back. Yeah, and it had been a while since I've been to her house a couple years. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, in in actually going through some of the... So, at first I was just shocked. And I was like, okay, trying to formulate a plan. But my brain was like, ah, what do I do? Yeah. So, I went back the next, the following day with my angel of a friend, Mike Anger, Mike Langer. And uh, he was able to, like, look at everything and be like, okay, from, like, a... Constr- a contractor's brain was like, we need to do this drywall and we need to do this. And like, I'm kind of making a list in my head of things that we need. Mm-hmm. And he was able to kind of, you know, Zoom chill, out. chill. Yeah, yeah. Chill me out and be like, all right, Kelly, look at, look at it like this. And I was like, okay, sweet. Now I'm like, okay, we need a dumpster so that we can throw all this stuff out. And cause there's no way we're not going to the dump a million times and this and that. So we ended up ordering a dumpster that Monday and yeah, in in going through all of the things, it was rough because most of the boxes of things that she has kept are in my old room mm. on top of things. Like, I didn't have much left there because I cleaned it out years ago knowing that this was kind of the state or where it was going. And so going through these boxes and she's coming in and getting upset with me and being very attached to the the thing aspect of it and um yeah so I had to just kind of hide away from her and do it myself and throw things away as fast as I could without her knowing yeah so it was like pretty wild to yeah to be in the role of of help coming to help my mom in this way you know she's helped me my whole life with so many things. She's a really, really loving, awesome human. Mm-hmm. But she's not seeing at this point in her life that she needs some help mm-hmm. and that there needs to be a, a big change. Um, Do you feel like while you were there, you definitely helped in the way that you expected to help? Or was it... It was It was hard because after, after I left, I felt a lot of things. Um, 
I was excited that we, I am still excited that we got something started. Mm-hmm. You know, my, my sister and my friend Mike are still going back there and helping her go through stuff this past week they did. And they're like, they're still going there. And I think that there's a momentum that has started that I'm really excited about that she can start thinking and moving forward in this way. But I am still worried because even after me leaving, she still was like, there's no issue here. I don't think I need to go to therapy. I think everything will be fine. She's a, um, she's a Reiki master and she's going back to, she's being attuned again. And she was like, I have my spirituality that, that helps me. And I'm like, yes, that's, that's amazing, but I don't think you're realizing that you you need some help, like by yourself, your own your own being, not sharing with others. Because that's yeah. well, it yeah. sounds like she's she spent so much of her life being outwardly focused that she, yeah. she doesn't she's even, a, she doesn't even understand. Oh, how, she's a how helper. To take care of herself. Which yeah, is, I think common for a lot of people is like that's that's their that's how they love people. But it's like you you can't pour from an empty cup. <laughs> you know, it's like Well, that's where I learned it from. <laughs> that's where I learned it from for sure. Yeah, the first time I read um the the Enneagram book that our friend Jack Bradshaw is is What up, Jack? Hey, is super all about. I, it's amazing. The Enneagram book is very cool. Check it out. Um, yeah, Enneagram is a it's a framework for identifying different personality types that we all fit within that have to do with like what our strengths are, what our weaknesses are. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an interesting system, and it's uh, you can you can really go deep on it and figure out a lot about yourself and those those around you and like how you can best move in the world by taking the test. It's cool. It's so cool. Yeah. The So the first time I had read it was around that dark period of my time, around when I was 27 and really not knowing what to do. And I had found that I was the helper and I was reading a lot of it and it reminded me of my mother 100%. Mm. I had read the first two pages and I cried and I stopped reading it and I was like, I'm done with that book for a little while. <laughs> I was like, I can't do this. But yeah, the helper is... Uh, is it what number is that? it's a two and there's nine there's yeah there's, there's nine, nine and nine um numbers yeah and a lot about a t- like what what was hard for me to read was there were there's healthy parts of being a two that you can you know genuinely be helping the people around you and then there's the unhealthy parts of being a two where you're actually unknowingly or maybe even knowingly being selfish in the way that you're helping mm. because you're actually looking for some kind of reciprocation and some kind uh, of, you know, exchange. I helped you to do this. Yeah. So I understand why you're treating me this way. I've seen that a lot. Yeah. And yeah. well, and I, I used to do it and yeah. I've, I've been there and yeah. during that time was when I was like, Whoa, Oh no. <laughs> Cause I, I for so long was, just wanted to be so far away from the word selfish. Mm-hmm. Like that to me yeah. was the ultimate evil was being selfish. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I've changed the definition of the word for myself for sure. What because, is it now? Um, well, selfishness, it's hard because a lot of people think of selfish as a negative word mm-hmm. because, oh, you're only, you're only thinking about yourself. You're only, um, moving forward in a way that benefits you. However, there's a a positive part to that. You know, you can also say you're only moving in a way that benefits you. 
because you're needing that in that time. And right. that's important to, for your developmental growth as a person to, to spend some, some time with yourself. And so now I think, I think of, I don't even really use the word selfish. It's more, you know, cause there's self care within selfishness and mm-hmm. that's okay. Which, yeah, yeah. Most of 2019, I was on this, this piece I was focusing on, like, I got to fill my own cup. Mm-hmm. I cannot help other people until I take care of myself. So like, what are the, what are the things that I need to do for myself so that I can show up and be a better person for other people in my life? Yeah. I take care of myself first. And that's like, maybe by definition selfish, but when you do that, when I say, no, I'm going to stay in tonight because I need to rest. Sorry that I have to back out of these plans. I'm empowering other people to do the same thing when that's necessary. Cause it's like, I'm sure you guys have had a situation where you, feel obligated to go to something because you said that you're going to do it and then you end up there and you're exhausted and you're like not into it and it's not fun for anybody because yeah yeah. it's not it's not healthy yeah yeah knowing when to say i'm gonna stay home or i gotta take care of myself yeah it's, it's such a good thing to do yeah and on that other side though i found that I got very excited about taking care of myself and making sure that that I was doing what was best for me in the moment, that after a year or two of doing that, I found that I was also kind of opting to stay home by myself and neglecting the fact that, oh, wait, maybe I should go spend some time with my friends who love me or share again and like be in that open space. And the times that I've I've kind of gone out and been like, okay, like this is, <laughs> you know, I not I might not even necessarily feel like I'm wanting to. It's more that I'm just like I need to go do this to go be with my people. Mm-hmm. And then every time I do, I'm remind I'm reminded of why yeah. I do it, and I'm like, oh yeah, these people love me, and it's awesome, and and we can. I'm only gonna grow more by being around each other and bouncing off of each other yeah it's about finding that balance right yeah like i mean i think all three of us have sorry gone through those times where we party way too much (laughs) (laughs) no No way (laughs) (laughs) it's the time of our lives but what happens after that we freaking fall off a cliff and we're down for weeks months whatever um and then like you said we spend time by ourselves right and they were like oh I'm by myself too much. Maybe I should go back out. So I think through our challenges of, of trying to figure out who we are, it's okay to go out and party a little bit. Yeah. And, and finding that balance in life. Um, yeah, I think that's really important. Yeah, I was just talking about that uh, with my partner the other night because I, um, I didn't just party when I was younger. I started drinking when I was 12 years old. And I had fallen into a pretty deep, alcoholism state for a long portion of my time like how old were you when you started i started drinking when i was 12 and all through high school i was drinking pretty heavily going out and partying and then right after high school when i was about 18 years old is when i really started drinking whiskey when i first woke up in the morning and till i went to bed at night and then woke up the next day and did it all over again were you working for years no i stopped i had stopped working for a couple years and just was kind of freaking floating with some friends of mine at the time that maybe weren't (laughs) weren't all friends um we all were kind of just enabling each other at that point and I had found myself over the years in in some 
um, uh, you know, abusive, both on mine and their part relationships with other people. And it just had gotten to a point where it was like, I felt stuck. And eventually, <laughs> and another segue into partying with the help of um, 20 hits of LSD, I went, yeah, let's dig into that. <laughs> I, 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 I mentioned this thing. Yeah. I was going to crazy story so, about taking too much acid. Yeah. So one day I had unintentionally in a drunken state taken two 10 strips throughout the evening. I had not, I kind of was like popping them throughout the night Which and for, not thinking about. For those listening that don't, aren't familiar with the terminology, that's a, that's about 20 times an effective dose of LSD. Yeah. It's far too much for a human. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so I had taken that much and proceeded to have about two or three days there that I was feeling the effects of this. And towards the end of it, I just was looking around and seeing the people in my life and seeing myself and thinking, this isn't it. You know, like, this isn't me. These aren't my people. This isn't, this isn't where I'm going to thrive in life. And so through the 20 hits of LSD and three days later, it kind of helped you. Oh, my God. I'm right. thankful that I. Yeah, I'm thankful like, that I did. And, yeah, and, and, and at the time, it was experience. definitely the first day was scary. <laughs> scary. I don't know how, what unfolded that? <laughs> I I ran away from my best friend's house and had broken my phone because everybody was calling me, worried about me because I'm you, running. You broke it intentionally. Intentionally, um, I was running around Baltimore City with no shoes on, just like. Super high, and no, it's not necessarily a safe place. No, I don't. I think wander. I think about the things that I've done in my life, and I'm like, what the hell were you doing? I mean, I I took the bus and light rail my whole life in Baltimore City, and you we used to play Get Lost at four o'clock in the morning when I was like twelve years old and go get lost in Baltimore City. Like, what were we thinking? Yeah, little, <laughs> little sewer rats. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And that's fine. I still I'm still a little bit of a sewer rat, but yeah, I'm fine. Possum. That doesn't go away. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's our group of friends. Yeah. A bunch of raccoons and possums. And <laughs> trash pandas. Exactly. It's beautiful. Um, but yeah, I was I was just very high and running around the city. And I remember one significant part was that I was um, dancing on the cracks of the sidewalk and each crack had a different note like one of those big pianos in yeah. the Toys R Us in New York yeah. and I was playing myself music with the cracks of the sidewalk that I could only hear in my head Holy yeah so that was like the the like scary and the fun part but then like also the scary part because I was like wait I'm lost yeah you, that rises that thought rises <laughs> Wait. Where the fuck am I? Yeah, totally, <laughs> totally broke my phone, and I'm barefoot, and then I find myself under a bridge, and I eventually find myself in a completely different neighborhood in Baltimore at a different friend's house. It was uh, Maryland Death Fest weekend, and I run into a group of my friends that are pre pre gaming for the so the next morning. It's the next morning for the day of all music that I have a ticket for. So I run into them. I'm like, "What's up, guys?" So it's totally act like they're like, up yeah, they're like, dirty. yeah, they're like, "Hey, Kelly, how you doing?" And like, hand me a beer, and I'm chilling. And I was like, "Can I use your phone?" And I call my partner of the time, and I'm like, "Hey, uh, so I'm alive." And he's like, "I'm going to kill you." Um, I didn't, you know, he didn't know where I was for a solid 
however long and yeah. comes to pick me up in my car. <laughs> it's like, okay, get in. And At yeah. At this point, had you come down or are you still I was I was twisted? still pretty twisted. And I get in the car, go to more music with him. I finally had slept for a few hours. Which I which is not easy on, on asses. No, so hard. No, yeah, yeah. I slept for a few hours in the back of the car, and then woke back up and did more music and this and that. And then towards the end of it was when I I had gotten home to I stay at my mom's house at the time, and I got back to my mom's house, and that's when I had that realization. I was like, whoa, what am I doing? <laughs> you know, like what is and, this? And that's such a powerful moment. In, in anyone's life when you when you reach a point you're like kind of look around and you're like what the fuck yeah <laughs> what am like, I doing yeah how did, I, how did I end up here how is this my life now is yeah. this what I want yeah exactly and that was what yeah when I was like no it's not so I had broken up with my partner of like five years and him and yeah him and I had a very up and down relationship definitely some you know lots of alcoholism and abuse and this and that and just not it wasn't all positive there were good things but it was not meant to be Mm -hmm. and um so after that it gets better (laughs) 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 it's better (laughs) um so after that i was kind of I had worked at a health food store, Bob's Organic Market in Baltimore for a solid like year and a half before that. And then I ended up, I was there for a while longer. And then I had left there and found Baltimore City Master Gardeners and started gardening at this woman's house in the city that I'd found on Craigslist. And it was um, native plants and vegetable gardening and um, some fruit bushes and all of these things. And I started learning about plants and how wonderfully awesome they are. And uh, then I had applied to be in the uh, University of Vermont's farmer training program. And out of like, I forget what the number was, something ridiculous, like 2,500 people applied. They only accept 25 people, and I ended up getting in. Oh, yeah. And got in, and then went to, moved to Vermont and started farming and just kind of after that I went on a path for me I was like what do I want in life like I'm kind of on a hunt right now to see what serves me and to see what what I'm here for Mm -hmm. um so I followed that train and then eventually moved here to Asheville North Carolina where I did a hold on can we rewind it a little bit yeah I want to to hear the story about how you got linked up with my housemates Jack and Rob oh yeah (laughs) because that's kind of what led you to well you got to Asheville before they did though yeah but I mean that that is that is part that is part of it yeah yeah so I, I came to I came to Asheville for a permaculture herbalism and natural building intensive that I did for a couple of months and then ended up staying. And then our friends, Rob and Jack, um, Rob Cathers and Jack Bradshaw moved here a couple of months after I had and moved into my house. But the story about me meeting them is hilarious because we're all from, we're all from Baltimore, but we did not meet in Baltimore. We met in Florida at a music festival, my first music festival of that nature um, and the only reason I went was because my stepsister at the time 
needed me to come in order for her mom to let her go. And so um, my dad offered to buy our tickets and it was snowing that weekend. And I was like, I'm not trying to be in Baltimore in the snow. I'm over winter. Let's go to Florida. So I went just like kind of on a whim. Let's go to Florida. sounds fun. Um, And then it was funny. The first day I was like kind of acting like I was a hard ass. It was like, oh, I listen to punk music and this isn't my vibe and I'm going to drink a bunch of whiskey and talk a little shit and go to bed. And then the next day I woke up and I was like, my good friend LSD took a hit of that. I was like, I, was, I brought it with me and I was like, I don't know whether I'm going to take this or not. I don't know. And then the, the next day I woke up and I did yoga. My phone was dead. Um, I had finished my favorite, one of my favorite books, The Hobbit, for like the millionth time. Great book. <laughs> I love that book so much. Um, so I finished The Hobbit, and then I was like, I'm going to eat this. And I kind of was wandering around, and that's when I had met... Eat the LSD, not the book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would eat that book. <laughs> How much I love it. I would have it for breakfast. Okay. Um, <laughs> Breakfast. Or yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, and then I had met our, our good friends, Rob and Jack, within that festival. Me and Rob actually met in the middle of the night that Sunday. Um, we were just kind of wandering as a wild Kelly and a wild Rob do, and mm-hmm. we met in the middle and we're like, oh, be my friend for this wandering, and I ended up... How, what was the connection? Like, what, what, just, attra- what attracted you to each other? I have no idea. Just each other being silly and walking around aimlessly by ourselves in the middle of the night. You guys are both pretty fucking good at being silly. Yeah. Rob, I think, Rob is one of the silliest people I've ever met. Yeah, heard. I think the yeah. silliness was was definitely the common the common theme. <laughs> we were like, You yeah, you're also a goofy human. Let's let's wander. And um, yeah, I ended up spinning fire for the first time that night, which was like not something I'd ever done and or like thought I would do and just all of these new experiences and new people came to be because I had decided to go to this festival because it was cold in Baltimore. Yeah. And then I found yeah, found all of my best friends. I found a new a new music scene and way of seeing life and I kind of haven't turned back since. I started going to festivals by myself that all that year. When I was living in Vermont, I was going to festivals by myself and um, had met Andy Richards and mm-hmm. met like all of these incredible people, Gavin Weber and um, Lolo and just all, yeah, just all of these amazing humans. Sumo, me, her and I still don't know how we met each other. <laughs> and we've, <laughs> we've just figured out that we're related <laughs> because that's got to be what it is because yeah. we don't, we've just, we, the only thing we can remember is that we were very close friends. Mm-hmm. We don't know how. <laughs> it just came to be. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been pretty amazing, the whirlwind of all of these things happening and being in the right place at the right time and putting myself in. I think the common theme with all of it has been that I, in the times when I've decided to take a leap and do something out of my comfort zone or something that I wasn't sure of, those have been the most valuable times in my life. The biggest payoff. Yeah. Totally. Without even knowing. I'm like, I'm just going to do this because maybe it's going to be fun or maybe yeah. something good will come of it. And then sure and, enough. And even if it's not, at least you tried, right? Yeah. And from my experience, I've done that a lot. I've taken a lot of leaps. And I don't know if this 
kind of resonates with you at all, but every time I take a leap, somebody in my family or someone that I'm close with absolutely thinks it's the worst possible decision oh, yes. <laughs> Do you feel like that too? I, th- yeah. I, th- I think of that of like when, when there's voices of doubt in your external world, I think those are manifestations or reflections of what exists within you. It's yeah. like something start showing up in your external world that's like kind of a voice of like what's already existing yeah. in you. And, yeah. And if it wasn't for that, you know, like you have to push through it. Yeah. You I mean, to, everyone can't support you, right? Right. It's not always a perfect decision for everybody, but... And their response has more to do with them than it has to do with you. That's so true. That's been a big that's lesson so for me true. as They're well. Like, you, can't, you can't leave your job. Like, that's your security. If you leave your job and move to a different place, like, it's all going to fall apart. Yeah. You can't leave your family. You can't... What are they going to do? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Go figure it out. Exactly. <laughs> like, what if I don't do this and then I only have this, right? And I live and, with regret. And, and right. Exactly, and, and or at least the yeah the, the questioning of like what what, could, what, what, could, have what could have been yeah yeah I don't like that question mm-hmm. yeah I'm well, always going to see what, what yeah. can be what's through right? that door <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly and they're not always the right doors but I tell you what if you never go yeah you won't know that's right yeah. So you get to Asheville, <laughs> yeah, for like an intensive thing. I, yeah, I did a, here right there. I did a permaculture and herbalism and natural building intensive uh-huh. for sounds very intense. A few months. It was yeah. awesome. It was yeah. very cool. I got to be connected with all of these wonderful plant people in this area and met a good friend of mine, Way, who's Taiwanese and, and wonderful. And uh, awesome. yeah, so her and I, <laughs> her and I became good friends within that, which was an awesome thing. And then uh, Rob and Jack had moved here, and we kind of started to build this really amazing community. All of a sudden, a lot of our friends were moving here, and it just seemed like it was like a vortex or a spiral of of amazing people. And now we have this community that is um, pretty impossible to want to leave <laughs> you know I, I'm not sure and then I also I met my partner um let's see yeah a year and a half after I lived here a year or something and he's from here and um yeah it all just kind of made sense all at once it feels right it felt right I, yeah I kind of stumbled into the group yeah haphazardly and I was like shit this is nice <laughs> yeah it's good oh wow yeah. so, support you know, like oh, loving people, weird, weird, really weird people. Uh huh. And the acceptance of my weird. Mm-hmm. The yeah. celebration. Oh, that, the celebration, celebration of, is exactly it. That and that was something that from childhood I always have had an issue with. I've always been made fun of. I was yeah. just saying to Danny last night. I was the kid that. Um, you know, in the movie when they're eating the peanut butter and jelly by themselves in the bathroom or something. I was definitely that kid, like, mm-hmm. always sat by myself at at the lunch table and just didn't have many people. And now I just feel so loved and supported and, yes, celebrated. Like, I'm able, I'm able to be me, and not only am I not made fun of, people are like, wow, you are so passionate and silly and weird and all of these things and I love that about you yeah, and that's something that I I want to see more and be around yeah that I never really felt that before we'll, we'll join you on the dance for acting like farm animals yeah you know, like, being, being <laughs> weird. sounds like a blast <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. We all we sort of did that one time at a Papadocio uh, <laughs> <laughs> Charleston show. Me and me and Robin Stell and Sumo. We were it was during uh, theory and, and we all started acting like jungle creatures and yeah yeah. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah, I I, I have very rarely in my life I don't think ever in my life felt as incredibly comfortable as I have um, out at like a Papadocio show surrounded by our big robust group of friends and just getting loose and just dancing and just it's like the it's like being held in the hands of God of just like you you're you are so supported by this group of people it's like everyone that you bump into or like everywhere you look it's people you love mm-hmm. and I grew up in a big family and I love my family, but I've never, I've never felt like I, like I feel with our group of friends. Mm -hmm. There's definitely a difference between friend love and family love. Like that friend love is like, they love you for who you are. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the family love is loving you for who you were or who who they think you are are Mm -hmm. from the experiences of growing up as a kid, you know, all the way up to now and this family, especially yeah. Like this community family, I mean, like you guys, like mm-hmm. when I stumbled upon you guys was, it's phenomenal. Which, which reminds me of something we were talking about before recording is the, um, witnessing the different versions of yourself die. Yeah. And so I think what that touches yeah. on like with your family, they mm-hmm. often still identify ourselves, uh, us with those different versions of us that we have let die and say so they don't know this, this newer version. Right. And so how, how do we introduce that to them? How do we show that to them? Well, do we and need to? That's, exact- that's the question. Do we need to? Yeah. Well, and that's exactly what my thought process was after visiting Baltimore and being around my family and, the, and my friends there and the people that have known me for years and years and don't really know me in the way that I am now. They know me in the way that I was then. And, and that was, yeah, like... I saw um, this thing recently that was like loving a person is like witnessing thousands of thousands of funerals yeah. of the people that they were before. Yes, and that's exactly what it is: is is saying goodbye to parts of yourself that that don't serve you or maybe weren't ever really you. Yeah. You know, and I I feel like that was that's been a common theme of me in the past few years was just left and right being like that's not that's not who I want to be that's not me that's not uh, me, me. That's yeah not me. well and, and I, it's been hard too because a lot of people um even in our community have have before been like they, people expect have expected me to be this like fun loving drunk on whiskey whirlwind of a human right and that's not really who I identify with anymore and I don't want to like yeah. a par- my relationship with partying has become something so different than what it was before. And it's not, um, yeah, it's just, it's difficult to try and integrate yourself back into a mix of people that you love and your friends and be like, Hey, this is me. This is who I really truly feel that I am. And like, are we going to mix still? is this all going to be, you know, a beneficial thing for everybody still? And I think the answer is yes for us. But it was kind of hard in Baltimore to see some of those people and think the answer might be no. Yeah. I mean, when I was back home recently, I went through, 
I mean, I, I realize that it's like me always trying to get my family or old, older friends to realize who I am now and like working towards proving myself in a way to my family that like I'm, I'm this person now, I'm this person now, I'm this person now. But they, it's like they have their blinders on and, and even if you can get to them, like was it worth the effort you put forth over and over and over again or is it just let it go yeah i don't know i think it's just like show up be yourself mm -hmm. whether or not that don't resonates with if that sinks in for them great and if they like i it's my hope that those people that are meant to be in my life and i'm meant to have connections with will have done their own shedding and growing you know and i don't have to necessarily be an integral part of that but when we do come together we can meet up as we are in that moment <laughs> and enjoy that. If not accepting that it wasn't meant to be. Yeah. yeah. And that's another lesson I've been learning a lot recently is that it's not our responsibility hmm. to make other people feel comfortable with the person that we are now. Hmm. And hmm. that, you know, as a, <laughs> as a helper or, or someone that, um, a lot of times is I'm an anxiety ridden person. And so I think I'm always, I'm always, my brain's always working very quickly. And sometimes I'll be thinking of how other people might be feeling in a moment mm -hmm. because of things I might do or say or whatever it is. And now I'm realizing that that's not what it's about, mm -hmm. you know? And, and like you were saying, you can only hope that other people are doing their work as well to make themselves be as, you know, resilient or strong or whoever, however it takes for them to blossom. But yeah, I think shedding that within an anxiety ridden brain is, is difficult for yep. sure to just be like, okay, this isn't my responsibility to understand or to see. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's so much peace in that of just like my work is my work. Mm-hmm. That's it. Period. Yeah. It's like yeah. my work is period, my period, work. Yeah. Period, period. It is pretty yeah, it is like, pretty freeing it to is. think yeah, like, okay, it's oh. just me now. And especially yeah. I mean that comes back to the first episode of the four agreements is like don't take anything personally. Yeah. When some comes at you hot and they're all fired up. Yeah. Having the sovereignty, the self control to be like, hold on, I don't need to fire back. And just meet them with love and compassion because the shit that they're coming at with you has nothing to do with you. Mm -hmm. Nothing to do with you. That's it's their, sh that's their yeah, shit. That's their them. work or lack of work. Yeah. And so if you can meet them with love, maybe that will trigger something and then that will lead to some healing. Well, yeah. But if not, <laughs> it's not your shit. That's the most powerful thing that I have learned. It's freedom. That's freedom. It's freedom. Because you're like, this isn't yeah. about me. Well, and to take that even further, I... I find that with my counseling and with that work, I've even found things in myself when I'm reacting to something, I can see, wait, this is a reaction from something years ago mm -hmm. or an experience that I'm dealing with because of a traumatic event or whatever it might be. It actually has absolutely nothing to do with the conversation I'm having with the person in front of me. Mm -hmm. And to be catching yourself on those things and like be learning to see yourself in that light and that objective standpoint is like yeah one of the most amazing takeaways i've i've been getting oh yeah 
for sure. Um, yeah, because that gives you an opportunity. The awareness gives you an opportunity to pause before you respond. Yeah, which I you did know, not if know. You, if you catch it, you're like, oh, hold on, there it is. What do I do? Yeah. Yeah. I used to do be I hit him in the face? You know, what am I doing here? Oh, me switch Sometimes you got to bury the street right now. <laughs> Allow it to but, still be there. But yeah. Yeah. You know, listen with the intent to understand, not with the intent to respond. Absolutely. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Well, uh, we've got about 10 minutes left on here. Um, and I, I guess I want to open it up and unless you have something you want to bring. Not necessarily. I think we're on a, we're on a kick right this now. This has been a nice flow. Yeah. Um, I guess it's, is there anything that you'd want to leave the people listening with? Yeah. A message or a, a, an invitation or... Um, challenge. A challenge. <laughs> <laughs> um, so one thing I did want to touch on is the knowing and the understanding that um, therapy is indeed a privilege mm. and not everyone might feel like they're in the position to pay for it or or know what to do in that situation. And there's a couple different resources you can, there's definitely sliding scale therapy all over the place. If you just look up Google sliding scale therapy or free programs, I know specifically in Asheville and the name of your city. Yeah. The name of your city, whatever it might be. I know specifically in Asheville, there's a really awesome program called our voice. And that is for domestic violence or for women that have gone through domestic violence or, um, abuse, sexual abuse in some way. Um, they give free counseling. I know that. Um, there's also an interesting program that somebody brought to my attention recently. It's called, um, better help and it's online therapy and you actually can, yeah, you actually can find a therapist, like a real life therapist online. Hmm. And maybe that's a better tool for someone who, might be scared to go to a therapist's office and, you know, or maybe break like down in public or yeah. be upset in a, in a space with another person. And then maybe that's a good step, like a stepping yeah. place where you're really busy and you feel like you can't, you don't have time to go see somebody. Yeah. You, but you definitely have time to get on your phone. Yeah. Yeah. So really, I think the takeaway I'd like to leave is that, you know, you're, you're always worth it and you, you deserve it. It's not just, oh, I, I need this because I'm crazy. Like, that's not what it is. It's that you deserve to feel better and you deserve to to understand yourself more and heal and grow and, and you know, see that trauma is something that might happen to you, but, yeah, you're, you're worth it and you're worth getting to heal from that and grow. Yeah, and so people understand the sliding scale. It's not just for a specific thing. It can be really for anything, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Beautiful. Thank <sighs> yeah. you so much. Yeah, I, thanks for having me. It's been such a pleasure to have you in our in my life. I, 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 it's Like I said, I, it's been an honor to watch you grow and mm-hmm. to grow beside you. I know that I've, I've grown a lot too, so it's, it's, it's fun. A rising tide raises all ships. You know, as we do our, our work, we benefit everyone around us. Yeah. And it's, it's so cool. 
Yeah, I'm extremely glad that you came over today. Um, and it's actually nice to know that you were actually one of the seeds of this community that I'm now in. Yeah. Like, you were one of the original people that started this loving community. Uh, and that's amazing because I came in through it in September of this past year. And I already feel like I'm part of the family. So uh, for whatever you contributed to help make that happen, I thank you more so than just coming here today, but for help starting something that I now love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thanks, Al. You're going to make me cry. Feel into it, man. Feel into it. Oh, yeah. Well... I got nothing left. That was, that That's was it, everything man. that I could have wanted out of a conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks, everybody, so much for tuning in to episode 14. Uh, get ready to go even deeper, deeper. with episode 15. Yeah. We will see you all next week. Yeah. If you, if you enjoyed this episode, fucking share it. Share it. Please. Why <laughs> <laughs> not? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we love you guys. Thanks so much. See you on 15. Peace.